Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift here with Benji. I'm heading down to Adelaide tomorrow morning, just madly packing, which you can see behind me for the Tour Down Under. So don't be afraid to say hello if you see me down there. Where are you, Benji, in the UK? Yes, yes, sir. I'm uh, I'm in the UK, not planning to go to races at the moment, but maybe in the future, maybe throughout the year, maybe together. I guess we'll see. Isn't there a cyclocross national champs in the UK? I have absolutely no clue, man. I mean, you don't even I, go I've... to the Belgian ones. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, why would you make an exception for the UK, the British ones, right? Mate, the only moment that I've been to Ronde van Vlaanderen while living in Flanders for my entire life was when it literally passed through my hometown because they had to change the starting spot. So, hey, that's how I deal with it. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, speaking of going through hometowns, we have the Vuelta route reaction announced yesterday in the... is in Catalonia. is in the Musica Catalana, the Palau de la Musica Catalana in Barcelona. It is starting in Barcelona and then going up to Andorra on stage three and you it heads to i don't know they don't normally go to catalonia as much compared to like murcia or uh the south region like malaga gets nothing this time around i think they did last year and so it's an it's quite a classic vuelta route but also with french pyrenees mixed in with frankly benji I would say both of these mountain stages in the French Pyrenees are harder than any of the Tour de France mountain stages, even though one is shorter. I, I haven't looked at the low stage recently, but the one with the, the on stage 14 is super hard with that like 10K, 9% climb halfway through the stage. Yeah. I think so as well. Now, I also think that stage 13, like we're going into these stages now without having explained the stage. So maybe it's a better idea to start off with the stage itself because I agree, the French stage are really doing something here, the French Pyrenees stage and are really carrying that second week. But there's also stuff in the first week and so forth. So how about we start there? How about we start at the start, at the beginning? We spoke about Barcelona. It's a team time trial that we start off with. 14.6 kilometers from Barcelona to Barcelona. And yeah, it's relatively flat. I don't know about the technicalities yet, but a team time trial, the instant thought I have is that Jumbo Visma will take time on the competitors. Is that a, a clear distinction there? I mean, it depends who Ineos send. I think I see Ineos as the big threat to that. Like they have a hater and, and others, and maybe Roglic doesn't go, maybe Dennis doesn't mm-hmm. go, Afini doesn't go, and Wout won't go probably. So. Who knows? Maybe Ineos pushed them. I see that as a possibility. I mean, I'm happy. We're hopefully all going to go to the Barcelona um, start, so you'll get to see every team. And there was, uh, I don't know, a TTT. 
City TTT 14Ks. All this, yeah, you're right. All this means is that maybe Robert Hersink gets to keep, you know, wear a jersey again. Like Jumbo Visma shared around last year between Turnus and Hersink and, and Co. But yeah, stage two is the first road stage from Mataro to Barcelona. It has, it's kind of a climbing. It's just a puncher stage, really. Like, it's not that <laughs> difficult. It's shallow climbs before, about, you know, 4%, 5% gradient at the most. They're far from the finish. And then it comes back into Barcelona from Mataro and does a lap of the Monduith climb, which you'll know from stage, the final stage of Catalonia, where it's quite a punchy climb. It's steep at the end. It's the stage, I think, Bajoli won or Volta did well on. Um, last year and Ayuso as yep. well was quite fast on it it's kind of like is it promises to do something like the Paranese stage eight, but it never really does in my opinion although I think people have lost GC before but this to me is clearly a puncher's finish now whether Matthews type riders or it's Roglic this this is really Benji Roglic will be fourth favorite Matthews that, or someone will be first favorite Quartz, and Roglic wins this stage. I think that's definitely a possibility. Magnus Court Nilsson is another rider I think of. Break? It's also kind of like break, I don't think so because it's still the second stage. And I first think that road. still matters. Agree. Still first road race as well. I do think that the start of the stage with a slight uphill uh, climb at the start, it's uh, I think... Six kilometers of climbing at the start at 4.5%, which does mean that we'll have a bit of a breakaway fight directly at the start after the neutral zone. So we might have a, an interesting breakaway fight to get in the breakaway for those first KOM points. But towards the end of the stage, I do expect the peloton to be able to uh, take it here. It also depends, like, is Yumbo going to control a stage like this if they're already in the lead in stage one? Those kind of thoughts we can't really look into yet because we don't know which riders are going and so forth. But you said it. The... The climby sprinty boys is also what I'm looking at because Montjuic in, in Barcelona hasn't been the most crazy climb. It's not like Laredut where you can destroy everybody. That is Nah, it's not a, so long. Exactly. It's also slightly uphill the finish line. So I'd indeed write down a match user Roglic and so forth. If Laporte wasn't on Yumbo and would go to this race, then if he was still at Cofidis, then I'd write him down to compete on this like that Paris stage he did against Roglic. Is it too hard for a Philipson? I think so. I really think so. The climbs are back-to-back. There's not much recovery period. He'll drift back on that Monduith climb, and so he'll be out of position coming into the finish. I really, unless something changes a lot, I think that's tough. Um, yeah. Pedersen is one who Pedersen Ooh. really could go for this stage too. But anyway, that's the sort of stage it is. It's a mixture stage. It'll, it should be a group sprint finish. No GC gaps on that stage. The next one is 160Ks from uh, Suria, finishing at Aransal, which is in Andorra, in the La Masana commune. I don't think they've used the Aransal finish up to the... I think they'll go past the Skid Resort. I don't think they've used it before in the Vuelta. I'm not sure entirely. It's actually not that hard a stage. If you coming from the south side, from Spain into Andorra, it's like a long, false flat highway drag up, which they're doing. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to go up to Canillo, do the easy side of Col Lordino, which is really the main climb part, 6.5K, 6.5%, although there is climbing before then. It's 
it's like a step climb, but there will be no gaps on Caldor Dino. It's not hard enough. Um, yep. And they'll descend down. All the riders will have done that descent hundreds of times, probably half the peloton. It's a very popular training climb going from the uh, end camp commune across to Ordino. Then they'll descend past my house and turn right <laughs> in La Masana and go up to Aronsal, which is 7Ks, 8.2%. And to me, this is a sort of Roglic sprint, a Pagacha sprint in the last like 200 meters. Could it also just be a breakaway stage like the Tarame stage we had two years ago in the Vuelta and so forth? Because I feel like this kind of stage in week one, who the hell is going to control this? And it depends Yellow on the control. Yellow never want the jersey, right? Exactly. The they want to they give it away as soon as possible. The red <laughs> yeah. jersey is lava, according to them. Yeah. So I think um, I'm going to wing it with saying break, but it's impossible to know so far out. It's going to be dependent on what the situation in GC is that day and yeah, what the formation of the breakaway as well does throughout the stage. So for closer inspection on predictions we can uh, do that the week itself i agree not the biggest now. deal gc wise is someone gonna lose gc here enrique mas will win this stage oh la. But not take the red jersey because they've done too badly in the ttt i think mas mas will be on or actually i use so should win this stage yeah yeah you should. yeah i don't know it's it's 7Ks, 8%. Of course, you're right. Someone could lose. It's only up to 1,900 meters. Someone could lose a little bit, like 25, 30 seconds. I mean, we said this about Pico Hano. Didn't expect big gaps. Yeah. 10Ks, 6.5%. And then, boom. And that it had Brenner's before. But so who that was knows? the weather, eh? Uh, Partially. 15, 15 degrees is pretty good conditions. Everyone did high numbers. Yeah, but people don't no. like rain. We'll, we'll, we'll use that explanation. Come on. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to this climb, like if there's one team that could control, you're right. A Uso's team could control this stage and try and get it to a sprint to get bonus seconds to make sure that they gain time again after losing it on the time trial. That's how I see that. But that's the first mountain stage of this, uh, of this Vuelta Espana already on day three, but it's not going to be the most decisive stage, I'd say. No. It might be the day where we see like the the seventh favorite or sixth favorite have a bad day already because he's not in shape for the Vuelta. And then we're going to see who's actually in shape for the Vuelta, a tiny bit at least. Stage four then, Andorra La Vea, also Andorra, to Tarragona. So we're leaving your home. Unfortunately, we're going to wave you away. And we're going towards a a sprint, but the typical sprint. Vuelta slash Giro sprint where you've got two hills in there where Trek's going to go to the front and hammer it for Peterson and then... They will fail to drop one of the sprinters, but they'll drop Melir, which is supposed to go to this Grand Tour if Jakobsen stays at the shape he is. So Melir is going to be crying when, he's, when he sees his parkour of the Vuelta. But um, yeah, this Probably is... Uh, survives it too. Yeah, exactly. So sprinter, yeah. but slightly versatile, not crazy. Sprint, but you really shouldn't be getting dropped. Maybe a Groenewegen, <laughs> and Jakobsen, Melier do, but you really shouldn't be. Like a Jonathan Milan, Caden Groves, Philipson yeah. have absolutely zero problem with this with this stage. And then it's a little rolly in the finish in Tarragona, which back down near, near the coast below Barcelona. Uh, before we get to stage five, I'll mention Zwift, not content, not resting on their laurels with just having the most affordably priced direct drive smart trainer on the market now have a strava challenge for the zwift hub called the zwift hub challenge right 25 kilometers not sure what that is in american 
four British units, um, 16, 15, <laughs> to unlock $50, 50 pounds or 50 euros off a Zwift hub and have a chance of winning 1500 US dollars worth of indoor cycling tech. This challenge runs from the 14th of January in about three days if we get this up recording it on the Wednesday the 11th, and it runs to the end of January, the 29th of January. So you've got a couple of days till it starts, and it's just 25 Ks of riding. Go and check it out. We've got the link down below, and, yeah, I think it's a really good challenge, and 25 Ks, it's a nice little achievable one too, and an opportunity to go get that Swift hub for even less. But stage five, Benji, from Morella to Buriana, craning my neck it's another climby sprinty boy stage we're going south now towards uh <laughs> the valencia region where there's like we do a little first they start in catalonia and then do the andorra stages and they move down and then there's a whole heap of stages down in valencia and this is the start of those um it's the same again, stage? Actually, sprint it's the same stage it's a sprint <laughs> even easier it's- i think I feel like it's if I like put these stages, if I put these stages under each other, the two climbs in the last 50k are in the exact same spot. Sure, they're not as hard, but yeah, in, in general, this is a an easier, slightly easier sprint stage than the one before, and that's that's the gist of it, eh? So here, the pure sprinter should definitely get over 11k at 3.9 percent. is the longest climb of the day, but 3.9 percent. I was going to say, even I could get over that, but I won't. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, sprinter should take this. Sprinter should take this. Yeah. Stage six yeah. then, not a climbing boy. And that is basically the kind of stage that we often have in the Velta, where you've got this undulating parkour throughout the stage that like tackles up the Denevel meters, the, the what do you call that in English? Elevation gain. Elevation gain. So <laughs> it tackles up the elevation gain throughout the stage, but it really comes down to the final ramp to decide the stage. And sure, breakaway could have the advantage here by a peloton that might not control the stage. But in the end, if it comes down to the peloton, it's also a, a pretty significant vital ending here because 10.9% at 8, no, 10.9 kilometers at 8% Havalambre. We've had this climb in the, in the Vuelta a few times before. This is a, a steep one towards the end because the last 5K, above 10% average. And there's a kilometer in there that is 12.7%, a kilometer of 10.9, 10.2, 10.6. So I'd say that this is definitely the kind of territory where if it was five years ago, you'd put Dan Martin next to the GC favorites. (laughs) But Roglic should do really well on parkour like this. Yeah, Roglic, Ayuso, Valverde. I can't remember when, like, was this in the Master Lacoste? Welter, where Valor... Bala beat Roglic to finish. I think that was different. Anyway, I'm pretty sure the Brakes won this before. Was this the one with uh, Madrazo and, and yet one of the Yeah. Yeah, Burgos <laughs> yeah. last win. Oh, God. Yeah. That, was a, that was an awful stage. <laughs> and then Madrazo so, yeah. got a PlayStation or something. Oh, the memories. <laughs> anyway. This could be a Tarame again. <laughs> Definitely could be. It's also week one, so the week one mountain stage are still the ones where GC might still be waiting on the on the tough stages that come afterwards. So breakaway is possible, GC is possible, but that depends on who is going to control the stage, and we can't well, yeah, predict that from a year out. Well, because Yumbo won't, but if Ayuso's in red or wants a stage and is the leader, I would ride for him on this stage. 
like if he feels good too. I mean, I would ride for Ayuso on every stage, even the flat ones. But yeah, <laughs> even like in it the individual on the time trial. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the TTT, yeah, how can they get him more time? Anyway, next stage is a, a pancake flat sprint, 186 k's. To be honest, it really isn't to me the most exciting first week. I'll be frank. Like it, another pancake flat sprint in Olivia in Valencia region. Um, not much more to say about that. What about stage eight, Benji? Is this any more interesting or is it still just going to be a watts per kilo test on that final climb and maybe someone gets away? I think it's still the watts per kilo test on the final climb and somebody might get away and somebody, somebody might get a bit of time there. A Roglic could really finish well on a stage like this because once again, it's that steep climb, 3.4 kilometers, 12.4%. But it's not finishing at the top this time around. We've got a descent going into a small ramp into the finish line. Nothing too crazy, that final stretch. But um, yeah, it tops about, I think, four kilometers from the finish line, that climb. But I'd say this is more likely to be breakaway because the descent after that shorty the Cati climb because the GC riders might not be willing to risk going all out on that four kilometer descent while the breakaway is just going to be fighting at the front so controlling this one might be more dangerous for the GC riders does that make any sense it does like when you think about the when Arate was used on stage one in 2020 that was a harder uh run-in at least in my opinion, like, yeah, yeah. it wasn't, no, not, not just in my opinion, it was objectively harder in the last <laughs> 45 minutes before. Uh, but this climb is different. 3.8K is 11.5%. It is much steeper than Arate, not as long. Uh, how long will they take? Is this, need to check, this is longer than Mond, I think. I think this is longer. So this should be 14, 15 minutes, very, very steep. I need to check then Les Prairies, uh, I think was... 15 minutes so that had some pretty decent gaps in it but as you say like Roglic only took a second because of that Arate also had a little descent off it and but so yeah the gradients here is what does it, is. it the gradients here is what does it on the climb because the last 500 meters 17 percent then the last 500 meters before that 14 percent 500 meters before that 17.2 percent i think this is hard enough even if the breakaway wins that a good Roglic, a good Ayuso, they can gap other riders on this climb, 100%. Nah, Enric Mas, this is his, this is it. This is his one. <laughs> like, that was a tour, should, according to you, a month ago. <laughs> well, he should also, he's fresh off a podium at the tour. Um, I can't remember if I said he'd win or podium, but let's he go. He said he'd win. <laughs> okay, fresh off a tour win. Why not win the Vuelta? No, nah, actually, he can't win the Vuelta, but he can win this stage. Um, this one looks good for him. Uh, and Remco's not doing the welter, I don't think. So, yeah, Mas, Rodriguez, Ayuso. Should be a nice little Spanish watts per kilo battle here and probably add Roglic or Vingegaard or Pog in too. But stage nine from Cartagena, we're leaving now. Valencia going further south, Costa Blanca region uh, in Murcia. This is it's another sort of, yeah, it's just another... Like, what? I don't even know what this is. This is break a break away. stage. This is a break, 100%. 180Ks. There's one 12K, 5% climb in the first 60Ks after some flat in which a break will form with some decent climbers. Get out it will then be not controlled. It will be given 12 minutes or something. And then Kenny Elisande, Tara May will fight it out. Carl's Verona, please, for love Get of God, let him in the break. 
Nah, 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 nah. Verona, I believe. From the break. Okay. That's that's very possible if they allow him to be in the breakaway on the stage. They should, right? Because, like, I mean, what come can happen? On. <laughs> oh, we should say what the climb is. It's 8.1K, it's 5.4%, but there's like three descents in it. Um, and so, yes, there is an 1800-meter 9.5% section, but are you going to pace all day to then pace a climb to then, which has a descent in it? You're not. So, Throttle it's a break. Ooh, not bad. <laughs> what? Not bad, but he's probably going to get shoved in domestic duties, I would expect. So I don't see him being in the breakaway. But that type of rider could also do well here. Yeah. Uh, if Lafay goes here, I'd write him down, but he hasn't shown much in the second half of 2022. Herada. This is the Uran Herada Pache yeah. bro- stage, style stage, right? Yeah, but what who do you did make I pick against that stage? Soler, right? Oh, yeah, Soler. Free Soler. But- he could win this. About Red the first nine, nine stages, I would rate the first nine stages nothing too crazy, you know. It's a, a gentle start. The team time trial will make gaps already. Then we might see other people attack in the first week already to make up the gaps that they have lost in that team time trial. But it's not really a... I don't see a stage where they can lose like three minutes, two minutes. So that's going to be no. waiting until the second and third week, which I think is probably a good thing. I like the gentle starts to ground tours, but... Maybe I would have liked one stage where I was like more hyped about. These are going to be fun stages. Like the stage with the steep finish and so forth. These are going to be fun stages. If the GC riders are willing to fight for some of them. Because if they all go to the breakaway, then it's going to be a poor first week. If they go to GC riders as well, then it should be fun. The sprint should be fun as well. I enjoy that some sprints are in the first week. Um, And it's also not that there's five sprints in the first week. It's like three or three and a, three and a half. half so yeah i'm I'm fine with that i'm fine with this composition of the first nine days this ground tour is really what comes after right eh? that's that's the most important factor and what comes after starts off with well first of all what do you think about the first nine days it's fine like we should see the gc guys fighting against each other i think we'll mostly should see in a normal welter not big gaps and you know we'll see uphill sprints four four times maybe which is exciting for the fans so you know it's a little appetizer and i'm not complaining it comes past my house but yeah it's it's like (laughs) it's not crazy um they head northeast by the way they bypass madrid head northeast to valladolid for this tt benji 25 k's 116 meters elevation a little 600 meters 6.5 percent climb is this enough tt for a grand tour like the tour has the same length with less with more climbing this welter almost has the same time in terms of tt is this just made for mass i wouldn't necessarily say so i think mass could definitely do well in this grand tour because the time trial kilometers are limited but it's also not overly limited it's still 24 kilometers 25 kilometers of flat tt plus a team time trial in there so mass is gonna lose minutes either way because of the team time trial plus the time trial. That being said, Masa's TT wasn't horrendous either. So let's keep that in mind as well. I would say that 25 kilometers is probably the minimum that I like in a Grand Tour. Uh, the Tour de France kind of ruins it by putting hills in it. Because that that still makes it able for pure climbers to just lower the deficit that they'll take on those stages. And here you don't really have that. Here they will lose time to pure climbers compared to the uh, time trialist GC riders. And... I'm fine with 25 kilometers. It's not the end of the world. If it was like 15, I'd bit of, I might have gotten my pitchfork out and started like 
walking towards Spain. I might arrive there in nine months and then I can complain. Are you saying you want to do the Santiago de, de Camino, the Santiago de Compostela, the pilgrimage, Benji? You can start from your house. I technically could, but it's I don't think <laughs> I'd survive. <laughs> we could do it, like film it and put it on YouTube. Like it'd be <laughs> Live mission it. part two. Like Rob Live De Niro the entire way. Across. Yeah, why not? <laughs> People do it, actually. I was thinking of doing it. I don't know why. I was like, when the fuck would I be able to walk from Andorra to Santiago de Compostela for like six weeks? Well, when would I have the time to do that in summer? Um, so I obviously didn't do it. But yeah, if you want to, okay. Benji, I support it. Stage 11. <laughs> from Lerna to La Laguna Negra Vinueza, it's another Unipuerto mountaintop finish, but it's not around Bassin Humanus really it's kind of a soft climb this I think is the climb Dan Martin beat Roglic on in 2020 if I'm correct um yeah like hopefully it's GC guys who control it and we see Ayuso and Rodriguez and everyone that we've already mentioned sprinting against each other but it's it's really not a very complicated stage there should be no big gaps yeah, I'm a bit fearful that this is once again a, an opportunity for the breakaway because it's so flat and because there's no hill at the start to really make a complicated breakaway. Court. I think um, Court is definitely a rider that you can ride down for this. I agree. But um, it's also like, is it a bit too hard for Court? Court's not a well, shit climber, eh? But I think someone like a Court... Agioli and Simmons, by the way, all three people I think who have been in a Vuelta break together and the one court one in 2021, they're the sort of guys who can be really hard to bring back on the flat. But like Simmons, for example, you know, he climbed Carpena pretty well. Court climbs really well. I need to check the gradients because it's a different uh, profile, this one. But I don't think it's steep, steep. So on 7%, I don't know. It's It all depends on the appetite of the GC guys as well. Um, but yeah. it could be an attack from the base, like La Molina with O'Connor. I don't know. Meh. We'll see. We'll see what happens on that stage. Next stage, sprint stage. Nothing to say about it. 165K from Olvega to Zaragoza. And um, there's no real obstacles in this stage as well. So this is a pure sprint stage. And we'll see what happens, which sprinters go to this Grand Tour and which sprinters could actually do something here. And uh, whether Merlier is still in the shape to sprint at this point in the race. Stage 13, that's a big one. I'll throw it to you for that stage because uh, damn. <laughs> so they're starting on Formigal and then they're descending basically. They start at 1,600 meters and do 4.5Ks, 5.5% out of neutral on the Puerto de Portalet. And then, well, I'm doing it in Spanish. It's actually French, um, but <laughs> well till we do it in Spanish. Then they do a long... 28k descent into Laurent. That's where uh, Pog won the stage, stage nine in 2020. The he or she Roglic. Yeah. Uh, this is near the Col de Marie Blanc. Not doing that. Then they do it. There's no flat in this stage. It's about. You can get some guys in the break on that initial opening burst, in my opinion. Then they do the Col d'Orbisque. Long climb, 45 minutes plus 16.6Ks, 7% descent, 2Ks, 5% straight after on the descent on the Col du Suloir, and then another descent 
no flat yet in this stage. Then they do the Col de Spandel, this climb which I'd never really seen before. Now in two Grand Tours in two years, yeah. I think this is the side they did in TDF. 10.4 Ks, 8.1%. And then the technical descent that Pog crashed on, they're doing again down into the Ariège. And then there's a false flat drag. They're going to do the Tourmalade the opposite direction, 18.8 Ks, 18. Ks at 7.5%, the opposite direction that they do it in the tour this year. This, to me, like if you put your Vingegaard hat on, this is the stage where Vingegaard, in my opinion, would be more likely to have a huge advantage compared to any of the stages in the tour, maybe even more than Col de la Lowe's. I think so as well. Yes, it's a short stage. It's 135 kilometers, but Spondel, we spoke about it so much on the Otakam stage in the Tour de France. It's such a difficult climb. It's a real, really painful one as well, just before the fact that you've got a tourmalade afterwards. So I, the only thing that I'm not sure about is like the small false flat between Spondel and Tourmalet. But hey, we got to get from climb to climb somehow. We can't just magically teleport to the bottom of the next climb. So that's understandable. I do want to say, is the Puerto de Portale or the Portale in general, the first 4.5-5.5% climb before they dive towards the Coldobis? Is that hard enough to not be able to control for other teams? Because you're saying... That's where you can get satellite riders in the breakaway. I feel like it might just be too easy to control those 4.5 kilometers. And therefore, the break might only properly form on the Coldo Biscuit itself. That's how I see this stage kind of playing out here. Because if you're a GC leader, if you're a GC rider that's in the lead, you want to make sure that they can send satellite riders in the breakaway as late as possible. And... If you see this stage, then I would argue that I would just make sure I control the Portale and try and then hold the gap as well on Coldo Biscan so forth and try and control it there as well. So I don't expect the big break to go just on the Portale already. I expect it to go on the Bis. This is definitely a, a big stage. This is where stuff can happen. I don't necessarily see people go like crazy on the Spondel because I fear that we might not have like the tension between uh, Vingago and Pogaccio that we had in the Tour de France 2022. Like, we've lived a luxurious life when it comes to the Tour de France in 2022. We can't expect every Grand Tour stage to be like this. And that's where I fear that they will wait until the Tourmalade to actually uh, do the action, which is not the end of the world. Spondel will still hurt all the riders. The climb before Obisk will still hurt all the riders. So you agree with that, or do you think they will actually attack on the Spondel? Wow, it really depends on the race situation. If someone can get a satellite rider, because as you say, if, if you attack, it's like when Pagacha attacked on or paced Jonas on Galibier without a satellite mm-hmm. rider, it's like you just you get to the crest and you're like, well, I'm not gonna yeah. ride the twenty Ks of flat on my own. So yeah. unless you got you know minutes. So yeah, you need a satellite rider. Enric Mass, of course, could drop everybody and have Carlos Verona, <laughs> Erviti and Nelson Oliveira waiting ahead. Um that'd be beautiful. Uh and Aaron Baru. To be the there for the Spondel. I, I agree with you. I wish the start was a little bit longer uphill. And then we could see yeah. like a Basque Country stage eight, uh, the last stage, just carnage um, of people trying to get in the breakaway. I mean, it does go up to 2,000 straight away. But yeah, I think we'll see the break formation, as you say, like the break will go. 
and then it'll be slow paced on Obisk, and then Louis Menkes will attack to get in the break on Obisk to get to then take GC time back. I think that sort of thing will happen. It's a hard as fuck stage, though. Rarely do you see three super hard climbs in one stage less than 150Ks of length. Like, it's a yep. hard stage. Next one, 161Ks again in France, goes back down into Spain and then doubles back towards the border, although it still finishes in Spain, this one. Flat start, first 50Ks are flat, and then they do the Col Orsair, 11.6Ks, 8.3%, descent, and then the Puerto de la Rao, 15Ks, 7.8%, but really it's actually 10.3Ks, 9.1%. That's hard before them. That's really hard. Then a descent, then a rolling, like 3.2Ks, 5.8% uh, flat, and then finishing on 9.4Ks, 6.3% at La Rao Belaga, Bel- rather. Uh, no real high altitude, but it's hard again. Will anyone go on that second last climb? I think it depends on the race situation, but I would say that we spoke about the Tourmaline stage a bit earlier. That is the on-paper queen stage that you see it, you're like, wow, the Tourmalet stage, Spondello, Bisque, wow, what a crazy stage. The stage 14 could be the hidden devil behind the scenes. As in, there is real potential to have satellite riders up the road on this stage. I don't like that there's no little climate to start to make the brake formation a bit crazier, but there's potential here. And the factor that that second last climb is so bloody difficult, 10.3 kilometer, 9.3%, this is harder than the Spondel, right? Yeah, this is borderline Mortarolo hard. Like, yeah. It's close, getting close to that. It's super hard. And then it's a little... Uh, the reason I really think it's satellite... First of all, remember, Kovadonga and the climb before then, Bernal went there. Like, If there's someone yeah. like Bernal behind they will go on this climb and with that flat beforehand you can get a verona a white van art type you probably won't be doing the world through, but a verona castro viejo they can get in the break they can get a nice buffer because the break could go in the first 10ks and then there's an hour of hell's on doing fuck all and they give it 10 minutes um and yeah. then i think where satellite riders really help and we saw this in stage 20 of welter in 2021 when Haig took the podium is in undulating shallow terrain afterwards. Can When you have an engine like it was Padun there and a Maida for Haig, yeah. the, that 3.2K, 6% climb, if you're on your own and you've been dropped or behind a split and they have a satellite rider ahead, you, can, you lose so much energy there um, and then you just get killed on that final climb. So... Hopefully, there's a long ranger. Hopefully. Yeah. And people should be softened up by the Colossair. Yeah, and the climb and the stage before, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if the stage before is a war, I mean, we didn't see that with Grenon and Alptuez, but that was because Vingegaard shut it down. But yeah, I'm hopeful for this stage. I really think it could be quite good. I agree with that. I think this is, a, like I said, the hidden devil that. Might not be super obvious when you see the parkour. You might think, oh, that looks like the Konya stage and the Giro where you've got the climb at the end that kind of flattens out towards the end. But it's the second last climb people need to worry about. It's so bloody steep that shit can happen on this stage. Riders can get away and riders can make decisive moves on this stage if they plan their tactics correctly from the start. 
if those tactics actually work out. But I think that's the end of week two, right? What do you think of week two? No, we got stage 15. Oh, is that also in week two? Let's say it is. <laughs> it finished from Pamplona to Leckenberry, 156.5Ks. It is a breakaway stage for Alberto Bediol or Magnus Court. It's like an undulating, although I don't have the gradients, it's like undulating medium mountain. Maybe Caden Groves could get around this if Alberson went all in, but that's too a hard Too hard for ask. Peterson? No, it's not too hard. I don't think, again, if if there, if someone comes in and says, actually, these are all 8% climbs, then yeah, they can get fucked. And of course, then Peterson can't get around it. But I'm looking at the <laughs> gradients, I reckon like 5% sort of region. Um, yeah, but- Peterson, Matthews, Philipson, or Groves, those teams need to team up together. Agreed. I do want to say, I'm looking at like the official Velta Parker of this stage, and I feel like the second last and the last climb seem to be the same climb, the Puerto de Zuararate. So it's not Arate, it's a Zuararate climb because <laughs> they want to make it difficult. But I feel like the last climb is less steep than the second last climb. So they're probably doing a different, a different road up the climb is what I'm guessing, unless the profile is just dog shit, which is also possible because it's not showing the percentages on the bloody profile. So I'm already getting tired of these Velta profiles. Jesus Christ, who makes these? Anyway... My rant is over. I agree. It's likely going to be a breakaway stage. And the reason that I think so is that while I think Peterson could get over these, depending on the gradients, <laughs> I think his team might not be able to control it. Yeah, because they send him with, with these races with one ruler. <laughs> <laughs> He's their best rider. And they're like, all right, so Dauphiné, Vuelta, what we got to do is control medium mountain stages for you in the sprint, right? There'll be strong rulers in the break. Brustenga. Um, we're going to give you... Well, Brustenga gets dropped <laughs> at the base. Um, <laughs> we're going to give you... And listen, I like these riders, but we're going to give you Kenny, Galopin, and Juanpe. Well, yeah, he's useful too, but the three climbers, <laughs> Ambran Villa before he went to the new Q365, and those three climbers weigh a combined 100 kilos, and so when they are p- pulling on 2%, <laughs> <laughs> you don't gain anything. Um, and Alex Kirsch is just getting fucking worked. Like, he's, he's going to pull back the brake and then do the lead out. Um, so, yeah, I would, if I was Magnus Court, I would get in the brake on this stage. But, yeah, that's week two. I think it's a monster. I think it sets up the third week nicely. Yeah, I think there's going to be GC riders on notable deficits, deficits already because of stage 13 and 14. Time trial and team time trial will still have their consequences for some riders that might not have taken time back enough on those stages. So week three will still very much be decisive, but is week three hard enough to put a, a crowning thing on the well that we have so far? Because we had the week one, which was a, a slow entry into the Grand Tour with some opportunities to show themselves some opportunities to have a bad day perhaps but nothing too decisive stage two is the one with decisive climbing stages stage 13 14 and then we enter stage three which could be deadly for some riders starts off with stage 16 Lienkres Playa to Bayes which is um basically completely flat until the last five kilometers which then is an uphill section to the line I don't know the gradients of that uphill section I'm gonna it's go around Passion Humanus I think oh is it well, um, it's if it's Rampas and Humanas, then I have no clue who's going to win this stage. A break could be ahead. A break could not be ahead. Like, who who Valver. cares who wins this stage? Valverde wins. He's going to return just for the stage. 
Uh, <laughs> don't you reckon Javier Gillen would, would allow it? Of course he would. <laughs> Even Movistar like, would do it. It would be the most Tim Pot thing. He's allowed to run the third week of the Vuelta. He just does the run pass. As a reserve for like an injured rider. I, I fully support it. Yeah, he replaces Jorge's. Nah, Jorge's gear is all right. Um, yeah, this is just an uphill test. It's, we've seen this stage four times already, I swear to God. Stage 17, 122Ks, needs no introduction. Alto del Cordal after a little warm-up on the Cola Diella. Um, 5.7Ks, 8.5% descent into the Angleroo. Up to 1,554 meters, one of the nastiest rampas in Humanas climbs in cycling. The final ramp is 6.5Ks, averaging 13.3% with steeper pinches. Big, huge on Carthy, one here before with a top 10 climb, climbing time ever on the climb in 2020. And there'll be big gaps. <laughs> there always will be. And, you know, if it's been bunch, sprint, group, sprint, bonus second, bonus second, bonus second, if you crack here, like Roglic, did he crack here in 2020? He cracked a bit. He was staying with Kuzden after uh, yeah. uh, both Flazov, Garfi, and Sephora, if I, if I recall, dropped him. Um, Carfi ended up winning that stage. Lazo didn't come too far after. Hagwar, indeed. Hagwar also attacked away. Got some time on our, our, your boy Rogla. So um, I would say that this stage is going to be decisive, but it all comes down to the final climb. Eh? We know that. Like The only thing that can happen on this stage is the second last climb we still see Froome starting to pace like he did two, three years ago. <laughs> but uh, Poor friend. Yeah. Nah, I... This is this is final climb territory. Angleru is legendary for that. So we're gonna see gaps on this climb, but it's all gonna come down to the final climb. So I'm I'm more hyped by stages that aren't just the final climb, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Hindley should target this. After what he did on Fadaya, it's really steep. Week three. Hindley should really go for this sort of stage. So. I mean, yeah, but he can win every stage. So, <laughs> but yeah, like you, this will be huge for GC. Like there is no hiding on the angler route. It's nasty. Yeah. The next stage, 180K, stage 18. It is the last proper mountain stage, I would say. Finishing in La Cruz de Linares. Starts in Ola de Allende. It is, I wouldn't say medium mountain. 10K is 8.5% in the middle of the stage. is a bit tougher than medium mountain. I really don't see... It's in a long descent after and then a three and a half K, nine point four percent climb. I don't really see anything happening until maybe the second last climb, which is eight point three Ks, eight point five percent has a four point eight K, ten point three percent section yeah. in, in it. Just to remind you, that is as steep as Col de Marie Blanc, where there was separation in the tour in a stage that wasn't as hard as this, and they do a descent and they do the same climb again after about a 5k flat section, and they finish on top of uh, La Cruz de Linares. It's, I think this is pretty hard, and you can yeah. go on the second last. Fully agree. I feel like the fact that the start of the climb, the first 4k, is the steep part means that it is somewhat of a launching pad. Because on those first four kilometers, people will get their legs completely destroyed. And in the four, last four kilometers, you can try and get away. Or even on the steep section, you might still be able to attack and try and gain time already before hammering it down on the on the flattening out towards... The, I'm saying flattening out, but it's still 7.8%, 7.7% and so forth. So I think this is hard enough to go. Somehow, this climb reminds me of the stage where Roglic went far away. 
and Bernal followed. Does that feel like a similar climb, or am I making that up? Uh, Kovadong was a bit longer, um, but yeah, like someone will probably who's behind on GC launch on that second last climb. It reminds me a little bit maybe of Aura's tactics on the Terreno stage. They could try open it up. Maybe even on that 9.4% climb, they could just go super hard out of nowhere, 50Ks from the finish. Um, Terreno or Turin stage? Yeah, yeah, sorry, the Turin stage in the Giro, um, stage 14, where Kelda Goat went, pulled hard, and Yates won the stage. So I think it could be quite open, but it also might not be. It depends on the tactics, but I think it's fine. I, yeah. I mean, because of because of stage 20, I mean, sorry, stage 19 is a flat sprint, fine, whatever, uh, transition stage. Because stage 20 is different to the stage 20 we've seen in recent years in the Vuelta where it had longer, harder climbs, this has like 10 Cat 3 climbs. Maybe teams will have to throw all their eggs into the basket of stage 18. Potentially. It kind of depends on stage 20. We'll go over it now because we uh, we said, oh, it's, a, it's not really the ordinary. But let's go over it for a second. It's 208 kilometers, so it's above 200 kilometers, 208, so that's a long stage. But what's in it? Plenty of climbs. 10 categorized climbs, if my math is correctly. 6 plus 2 plus 2 is 10. Yes, I am very intelligent. And it starts off with an uphill climb already, which is 10.8 kilometers, 3.4%. Not the craziest, but this is a, a climb that might boost breakaway opportunities and might get a shampoo and the breakaway for Arkea, stuff like that. Now. The rest of the stage is just up and down and up and down and up and down. And I would say that halfway the stage is where I see the switch happening from the breakaway being the most important part to the GC might start doing something. Because this is on paper, when you see it, the profile, a potential raid stage, a potential ambush stage where people might try and launch, like in the Turin stage, a Bora attack where they go crazy. But are the gradients hard enough? In the last half of the race, so the last 100 kilometers, we start off with, first of all, the La Escondida climb, 9 kilometers at 4.1%. That's not very hard. So I'm not really saying that you can go on there and attack away that easily. That's one where you, you either pace something and hope that a climb later could be a launching pad for your riders. Then directly after that, we go down a 3 kilometer roughly descend. We've got a small climb of like 2.3 kilometers at 5% descend of a kilometer once again, and then we start the next proper climb, Alto de Santa Maria de la Alameda. And uh, this is uh, 4.8 kilometers at 5.6%. So again, not very steep, but the last, kil- last kilometer roughly is 6.1%. It goes a bit steeper. And then the next portion is a descend once again, two kilometers ascending, and goes straight into the next part of the climb, which is the Alto de Robledondo, which is 3.8 kilometers at Roughly 6.3%. Now, let's talk about this section first. There's two climbs that follow, three climbs that follow afterwards, but this is the portion from 100k to the finish to 60k to 40k to the finish, even. Is this hard enough to launch a rider on, you think? Not normally, no. There needs to be some real team coordination, some rider being a bit weaker maybe they've had a crash three days before there needs to be uh, I'd, I'd have to look and 
but the climbs are too steady. Like if they were fake news climbs, then there's a chance. If there's a 2K 9%, 9.5% part of them, but there's not. They're too steady. And so the draft is just too important. They're all like 10 minutes or less draft heavy. I really don't see it. I I think it's too – I think the stage is too shallow for – if a guy is good enough to be leading by this point, unless he's sick or has just crashed, they really shouldn't be losing the welter here. Um, same with third, frankly. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't see it. The thing is, the first half of the stage does warrant the opportunity to send satellite riders up the road, like, easily – with the amount of climbing that's in there. We're talking about 4,000 altitude meters in this stage, but it's just that I don't see the obvious launching pad. There is the possibility that one of these climbs becomes a launching pad because of a descent, perhaps, because we don't know what the descents look like. I haven't gone down into uh, Google Street View and looked into every descent yet, but I would say that if splits happen, it might be because there's a dangerous descent somewhere or because there's something that happens that splits up the group are these climbs obvious launching pads? No, but one might turn out to be if we analyze it further throughout the year. Now, after that section, we're going into the last 40K. And then we've got like a, a small climb of 2.6 kilometers at like 40K from the vintage line, 7%. So that's a bit steeper. So potentially stuff happens there. There's descent leading into it. I don't know. There's a possibility to do something there, but it's also not too long. Let's be honest about that. And then we move towards a climb that is 26K from the finish line, which is the Puerto de la Cruz Verde which I don't know, should we call this a climb? Like the first like seven kilometers is like 2% average. Then we've got a 6% kilometer and 3.6%, 6.5%, 3.9%, percent 1.7%. So like this is the kind of climb where you already need to be up the road and where a satellite rider will, will 100% matter. So it's kind of like the stage has everything to have a raid stage except the launching pad, no? Yeah, it's missing like that combination of like a 3k 10% climb followed by a 7k 8% climb or even yeah. even a frankly a 6k 6% climb doesn't exist from what I can see here so that's the problem with it um maybe someone magically can do something but really I also like should be winning this or more <laughs> likely what where's Aaron Baru shouldn't he win this is but, he gonna do anything this year I don't know, but I also feel like the stage might be too hard for Ramburu. Even if like the gradients are not crazy, I think like GC is like forty five hundred Denevel. Yeah, <laughs> GC teams are are gonna do something. Like they they're gonna try are on they? this stage. I think, I think try. we've been I think we've been lucky the last couple of years, and rank cowardice is also a big possibility in cycling um and we might see some cowardice hopefully not but yeah protecting positions etc i'm hope hopefully i'm wrong um but i think i think the angler really will decide the winner i, I we don't, are, don't see it changing too much we haven't mentioned the last climb in this stage which is nothing too crazy it's it's oh, basically it's 10 kilometers from the finish line, Alto de San Lorenzo de El Escorial, which is 5.7K, 5.5%, a kilometer in there of 7.9%. So if the stage has not been decided yet by then, there's still an opportunity to attack for riders, but it's also not the craziest climb either. I think we might be surprised by the descent that is more. 
crazy than we are anticipating right now. That might speed up the race more than we are expecting. But for now, I'm like, I want the stage to be the stage 20 of the Vuelta 2021, the one where Lopez jumps in the car, that kind of stage, where stuff like that happens. I want this to be the Turin stage of the Giro 2022. But I'm missing the launching pad at the moment. And if anybody knows if any of these climbs are underrated by us or one of the descents is underrated by us then definitely uh drop it in the comment section or tweet it at us then we uh are aware of that for the future but yeah it's uh it's a cool stage if there was a launching pad it might rain it's in the north of spain after all yeah um so it could rain who knows could be a bit cooler i doubt it that it'll be cooler but it can rain last stage of the sprint procession well the madrid stage always feels like less of a procession than the tour de france Champs-Élysées stage, but it is one nonetheless. 101 k's, yeah. Sprint. It's actually a little uphill drag. Ackerman's won this, I think, in the past. It's not actually flat. The finish from memory, if it's the same one. Um, so yeah, just something to bear in mind. Philipson is obviously brilliant for something like this. Um, Milano beats his leader. Oh yeah, Milano. See, he got extended at UAE. Can't remember. I think yes. I don't. Uh, UAE could win a fair few stages in this race. You know, Covey in the break, if he does Giro Vuelta, Covey could be really good in some of these break in week one stages. Ayuso from the group, Milano in sprints. They could win 10 stages. Almeida. Uh, he's domestique now, isn't he? We, I think we haven't decided on that. I think we should still put him as co-leader in with Ayuso until we see Ayuso really deliver. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Almeida can lead Ayuso out in the welter. I'm afraid. <laughs> yes, leadership in the Giro. Seems fair to me. Um, yeah, well, maybe are you sure about classics. that? Well, it's a, maybe it's a free-for-all. Free for all, but Jay Vine? if you if he's good enough, if he's good enough, he'll get to be leader. If if Jay's better or if McNulty's better, then they're better. Um, I think everyone will get their chance. That I don't see why it would change greatly from how the Vuelta was played with Ayuso and Almeida last year um, yep. in the Giro. But yeah, what do you think about the Vuelta route? I mean, I'll say I think it's I think it's fine. It's kind of a lot of things that I expect from the Vuelta route. Rampas in Humanas. Um, I don't see I don't see like the Philip Gilbert two hundred and twenty K windy stage. Maybe I'm missing well, it. Um that was that was quite rare. <laughs> it can be wind in the welter some sometimes. Um, you should like put seven seven hundred fans by the side of the road. As in not yeah. fans as in public, but like fans as they're like wind pushing fans, and then we can have a Guadalajara stage again. I'm hoping... Do you think Vingegaard should do this? It depends on whether he sucks in the tour or not. I say, say wins goal comes second, doesn't crash, completes the tour. Like If he, he wins the tour, no. Level. Winning the tour, he does Lombardia. Losing the tour, he does a Vuelta. Why do Lombardia, though? Because he's celebrating Pog is, after the Pog tour. is fucking unstoppable in Lombardia. How do you beat Pogaccia in Lombardia? Someone well, let me know. It, if you won the tour, do you care? <laughs> Yeah, but then you still. <laughs> yeah, I know you. I know. I'm sure he's not losing sleep at training camp because he didn't because he got slapped in Lombardia. <laughs> but 
you know, that doesn't mean you should keep going <laughs> in the next year. <laughs> I mean, Mass, of course, has to do it. Ayuso is doing it. I don't actually think it suits Pog so much. Um, I also think he'd be pretty bored. I think it kind of suits Fingerguard, frankly. Um, and Roglic, of course, will probably... Roglic has to do it, right? If he does Giro. Or would you yeah. hold him? Uh, are Italian classics and Vuelta compatible? We should mention this starts in after World Championships at the end of August, mid- middle to the end of August. Is the Italian classics compatible? This finishes in mid-September? Yeah, it should be. Roglic should be able to do both. So he should do the Vuelta too. Um, yep. Remco will not. He's in Lombardi on loan. So. Okay. I mean, Remco's already won. Is there anyone else that could do it? There's a threat. Hindley already said should probably do this after the tour. It really Yo, suits Brooks. I really don't see him. I would rather he did the tour. Um, the parkour just doesn't do that. Yeah. I, I don't see this for him. Like he'll just, he just doesn't have the what's quite just yet. Um, the tour would be better experience on those sort of shallow climbs, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's a, it's a, I don't actually really know what a classic Volta route looks like. I just see some steep ramps and Angleroo and I'm like, looks pretty classic. They're hitting areas close to me that I'm familiar with. So I'm happy about that. And yeah, I think it'll be a, it'll be cool to be in a major European like city to start in Barcelona will be awesome. Um, Hopefully there'll be big crowds. It will be stinking hot. August in Barcelona is disgustingly hot. Um, Hopefully it's not, but whether that affects, I mean, the first mountaintop finishes in Aronsal, it can be super hot in Andorra too in in August. Um, So that won't necessarily be a lot cooler. Yeah, but what do you give it out of 10, Benji? I'm going to give it a 7. I'm going to go for a seven and a half. The reason I'm not going towards eight is because I'm not 100% certain about stage 20. It looks like it could do something, but I'm missing that launching pad. I'm off it. I would say Angliru is pretty good. I, I, I'd say that even stage 18, the La Cruz de Linares stage, I like that. There's potential there if riders are willing to risk it on that stage. I like the Shouldn't stage 14 stage a lot. stage 20? That would be good if it was stage 20. But yeah. I kind of like the experiment experiment of the stage 20. I kind of want to see where this goes. I don't know. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense? Yeah. Change it up. I, I didn't give it more because there's, you know, a few too many stages where I think Angel Madrazo will be competing against, um, you know, Four Galician Roger, farmers. Adria, Roger Adria. And there's only so much in August I can take of that. I'll be pretty uh, – one's fine, but if I see three of those stages in a row, I start to get a little bit cranky. Um, <laughs> so that's the reason why I can't give it too much, although those French French Pyrenean stages are actually like <laughs> really serious stages. Yeah. So I'm keen to see how they how they work in the Vuelta uh, and, and in that race context. But, yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. Let us know down below what you think of the route, who you think will go. It's a long time away with a lot of different things to happen in the season. Most likely some other rider will completely come up. Sebastian Berwick, perhaps. Um, Michael Brenner. Will... Brenner, Berwick, all these names. Um, 
Corbin Strong to be the punchy guy to win in the Monjuith Barcelona stage. Who knows? So many things could change. And that's the exciting part about the Vuelta. See all those young guys pop up. But I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to Zwift for supporting the show as always. And we'll see you in the next one. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 